You are now listening to the Cinnamon and Sugar Podcast featuring D'Angelo Williams and Gary Barnage. You push play and they'll push the limits. Hey, it's your boy Tom here and we are back with another episode of the Cinnamon and Sugar Podcast. Ooh, fellas, fellas, fellas. I don't know about y'all, but I had a pretty dope weekend. But let me first let's hear about y'all's weekend. I know it was somewhat WrestleMania field, but just tell me about it. Tell me, well, tell me what y'all did this weekend. I don't really want to hear D's. I already know because he sent so many pictures. He called me <laughs> and just bragged about his whole thing. So I'll yeah. go ahead and go and get my awake. I know he's probably going to talk for probably 45 minutes. You know, it's uh, D'Angelo. You're so you're a hater. <laughs> so mine was pretty simple. Didn't really do much. I did. I was a little upset. Had to watch WrestleMania remotely because they had limited tickets sold. It's hard to get tickets. We couldn't get tickets to go. So this is my second year out of 10 in a row that I've missed. So I'm a little upset about it. But hopefully next year we'll get back on track. It is in Dallas next How year. Look? How did it look? How did it look, Gary? So I, I enjoyed it. So I enjoyed it. It was... Um, I, I don't know if I'm a fan of the two-day thing. I don't know if I'm a fan of that. I think I like where – because they draw everything out, and some matches can be shorter than they should have been – than they could have been. I just think it could have been – I don't know. I think next year when they get back to their normal format, which I'm thinking they will, but who knows? They're getting so much pub off the two days. This might be a routine thing where they do this – uh, two day thing every year. You well, never know. What, what do you What do you mean? So much pub? You talking about putting in so much marketing dollars? Is what you mean? Well, yeah, not pub. They're, they're putting all the marketing dollars into it, and then they're also, I think, if they can sell out the place two different times and sell two tickets, and you can just space it out over as long as you get that the rights and everybody's picking it up, especially because now that it moved to Peacock, it's going to be aired there, so it gives them more content. I think they're going to push for that themselves. Because it gives more content for it now that I need you to explain that shit to me, man. I go on WWE Network like, oh, okay, and it has it says go to Peacock, and I'm like, whoa, hold up, that's not what I that's not what I'm looking for. So I yeah, just want WWE. WWE Network is no longer around. It has Peacock or NBC, I believe, is owned by I think NBC bought as Peacock, but they bought a Fox. I don't know, one of them bought it. Whatever it is, they bought WWE Network, and it's on their streaming platform, which is Peacock TV. And you, uh, so all the WWE libraries on it, and then you have all the other channels of that they have as well that they produce. So it's the same price, nine 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 for premium or four nine nine for regular. So if you still want WWE Network, you just gotta do Peacock now. So, so I so think did, that's why it could be a two day thing from now on at WrestleMania because it gives if it's gonna be on their streaming platform, why would they not? So did WWE sell to Peacock, like, or did? I think it could just it, be rights. Like, I think they might have sold the network to yeah, them. Yeah, they sold the network. Rights. They sold the network. Ah, yeah. oh, that's interesting, I, Vinny. Yeah. So, oh, hey, Vinny made a lot man. of money. Yeah, because I I was looking at that and I'm like, dude, it's going from nine ninety nine. I can go get it for five ninety nine if I want to. You know, it's not like they only offering it in the premium package with the no commercials that you get WWE to recoup the nine ninety nine. That yeah, they you could get it for five ninety nine, and in some cases free, right? Yeah, they have a seven-day free trial type stuff. So, but I would say if you don't mind commercials, four ninety-nine is a good price, and you get all the other stuff. But that's only if you want the WWE Network. Nobody, by no means, you need to get it. You can just get Peacock for the other stuff. It's uh, just a bonus. I think it's a better deal if you want WWE Network and the other stuff for sure. And, and that's how you did this weekend, Gary. 
yeah, that's about it, really. You know, I didn't have the same luxuries you had. I had, I had, uh, I had here to get we ready. Go. I had to get ready for. Uh, I had to get ready for uh, spring football starting. We had some coach meetings and stuff like that. We got spring football starting. Oh, so you a coach, coach now? Like, oh. no, 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 not coach, coach. Just a, you know, just. I'm dabbling. This is my second year. This it's just a dabble. It's Man, not gonna be know. something full time all the time. No. Look, so so here's the thing. If you've done it one year and you're like, ah, oh, yeah, I'm out. I'm done. That's like you starting to establish a habit here, Gary. This is two years in a row. You this gonna make you really hard to quit. If you, later can, on. if you if you can say that next year, then yes, I'll agree with you. Until next year, you can't say that. Oh, okay. You just you running it back to see if you really truly liked it. Well, I enjoy helping the kids. That's not the problem. It's just I, I'm not. I don't enjoy having to go do things on a certain time schedule. That's the thing I don't like. I like the retirement where I can do anything on my own schedule. <laughs> but now I have certain times I have to do things, and certain times I'd be stuff. But helping the kids—that's uh, what it's all about. That's the positive aspect. I, what if is that what it feels like to be rich, rich? Like not you rich, don't, just you don't you're in. You don't like to you don't like to do things when it's not on your time. Got it. Makes well, you, sense. well, you got to think. Me and you have been structured schedules. What since probably? Don't put me, me in that shit, Gary. Don't put no, me I'm in. That. You don't put me in how, that. how long have you played football? <laughs> you played since you were. Don't six. put me in. Don't make this about me, Gary. This is on you, bro. No, this I'm just saying structured schedules. That <laughs> you get used to that in your whole life. It's just like work. You get used to a structured schedule, and then you don't have it anymore. You enjoy it. You enjoy not having to. Be around for it. Just like when we both retired, we both call each other. August was the best time of our life yeah. the, the year after we retired because we didn't have training camp. We didn't have to worry uh, about it. Yeah. I remember those days. <sighs> Unbelievable. So my <laughs> my weekend went a little bit different from Gary's, but not much. Yeah. Uh, we, <laughs> we went into spring break. And before we went into spring break, you know, I brought it to my wife's attention. I said, look. We got to travel. We got to get out of this house. We're like Moana and how Moana was. We're wayfinders. We got to get the hell out of this house, honey. Like, you know, you've had COVID. One of the kids have had COVID. Like, it's time for us to travel. Like, if we need to get the vaccine, whatever we need to do for spring break, damn it, we're traveling. And she goes, okay, all right, we can travel. Where do you want to go? I said, I'm going to give you three options. Option number one would be go to Hawaii and we can island hop. She was like, okay, that's a that's good. I said, two will be Disney World. And she was like, oh yeah, you really like that place. And I'm like, yeah. And I said, three. <laughs> I said, three, because we've done so much stuff outside of the States, let's go to like do Yellowstone and kind of do that little realm of like monuments and parks and stuff like that. You know, but, but in that order. And she was like, okay, cool. So she gave me a week to kind of do the research, and she did the research as well. And the first option, we can go to Hawaii, but it would have cost us $150 a person, the six of us, to go get a COVID test. You got to test negative 72 hours before getting on the flight. And then when you get to the airport, you know, within that 72 hours, they got to confirm that you took the test. And uh, not only... Does it confirm, but it has to be a test that's given by Hawaii people or that airline or whatever the case. I'm not really sure how that shakes out, but it was 150 bucks a person. Um, and my wife was like, nah, that's just too much. 
you know, I'm not really trying to, you know, we got a one year old. I, you know, we're not really trying to go that route. We looked up the days for Disney World and all the days for Disney World were pretty much blacked out. They didn't have the ones for us, our availability, because everybody was going on spring break. Oh, uh, just just an interlude. Just to uh, talk about Rich Rich. The reason he is saying blacked out is he was talking about getting a guide. All the guides were blocked out. So no, that, that Disney not, wasn't blocked out. The guide. Wow. No. So that's no. about Rich Rich. That's what we talking about. No, that's not what we talking about. All right, you continue. They 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 hit half capacity, okay? <laughs> because they operating under COVID restrictions and they abide by the COVID rules. I don't know what Gary's talking about. Gary's the only one that speak that rich rich language. We don't understand that down here where we at. <laughs> so and the third option again was the national park. So she was like, Well, let's look at this. Well, it was the off season for Yellowstone and T National Park, all those national parks. And we were going through the stuff, and it was like, man, you know, it's really tough. It's really snowy up there. You got to be careful. It's hard to drive. And you look at all these reviews and stuff online, Gary. And when you look at some of these reviews, it'll stop you from going places, bro. Like, hands that, like, nah, uh, I'm cool. They said that this place right here had a cocker spaniel in there that was biting people left and right. And you're like, whoa, they, they should probably get rid of that dog. Like, it's it just like common sense things that you just like, you know, they should be able to fix that. And um, I told my wife, I said, well, honey, it sounds like it's really like it's really sketchy on going in the offseason because, you know, they get snow and, you know, it's bad. And I was like, you would think if they in the mountains that they should be used to the snow like Pittsburgh was. And I was in Pittsburgh, you know, it'll snow for four days and the streets will be clear. And I'm like, how the hell they've really mastered this recipe of putting sand, salt and all this down and it completely working because, you know, some places. They throw that shit down and you walk out there and you slip. It's a, it's like the damn ocean done froze over or something. But <laughs> so we uh we get there. We're not we're not we're not there yet. We're still looking at these reviews and I'm like, honey, I don't know because we were thinking about flying into one airport and flying out of another one and just driving the entire time. Um. So then I was like, okay. So we did it each direction to see which one was cheaper. This is stuff Gary doesn't have to worry about. We were trying to see which one was cheaper. Was it flying into one airport versus flying into another airport? So we finally got it all mapped down, right? And I don't know if anybody else has been like this before, but like you, I put so much stress into this trip because I was like, I want it to be perfect. I don't want to kill my family. I want to make sure that it's safe. It's the off season. You, you may not have any sales service. So I'm going into this like blind, right? Bro, we land. It was like a high 72. It was snow everywhere, but it was nothing on the streets. It wasn't a hard drive at all. We probably drove over 2,000 miles. Uh, but we went to Teton National Park. We flew into Jackson Hole. We went into Teton National Park. We went from Teton National Park to Yellowstone National Park. Well, in between Teton, and this going to bring me to my first conversation, we went from Teton National Park to Yellowstone National Park. Well, in between that, there's a drive associated with it. And on our drive, um, we encountered one thing that I thought was amazing. And you know what's amazing, Gary? What? This is what I found out about the Mountain West that I really love. The fucking speed limit is 80 miles yep. an hour, bro. It's 80 miles an hour. Like, I, I don't know about y'all out there. 
But when the speed limit say 70 out here, I'm I push it a little bit more and like I'm it's, it make it fun, right? But I'm gonna tell you how hard it is to maintain 80. Like when it's the like when you could go over that, you just like, oh shit, like I'm I'm in uncharted waters here. Because <laughs> <Like, laughs> 70's been the high you ever been going. So you know, you don't really dabble much over 80, 83, like consistently, right? You might jump up there, but you don't want that ticket. But when you got to do 80, bro, and you could do 85 or 90, you just like, whoa, I need to like, I need to pace myself. <laughs> that was the first thing I noticed. I said, man, they got this shit covered. Welcome because to Texas. Any, any, yeah, <laughs> do y'all do 80? Is the, eight, is the speed limit? Oh, 80? yeah, there's there's some places where it's 85 on some. Uh... Bro, look, <laughs> I'm going to tell you something. It said like 43 miles to like my next destination. And they said it was going to take me 28 minutes to get there. I was like, damn, how, how is this even possible? <laughs> how is this even possible? I was like, I think my GPS broke. But then when I got on the <laughs> expressway, I was like, dude, this is absolutely amazing. So it, it lets me know that we could go up on our speed limit here. So how many cars were flying by you? Oh, bro, I was doing like 85, 86, and it was like, I wasn't going fast enough. And I was like, I'm safe here because I don't really have much experience over 86, uh, 87 <laughs> continuously. You know what I'm saying? You Correct. would hit it and you like fall down, but to maintain it, oh, bro, it was scary, bro. But it was fun. It was like a roller coaster. <laughs> like the, 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 I was so hyped every time we, I drove most of the time because it was so exciting to drive. <laughs> like, and doing these switchbacks, like, Doing the switchbacks, going to the different parks. And when I say switchbacks, they're really like curvy roads and stuff like that. And you got to maintain like 35, 40. And like you tossing the kids to the left and the right. And the wife was like, why are you going so fast? I said, I'm going to speed limit. She said, you don't have to go to speed limit. That's like, like that's, that's your maximum. Like that's supposed to be your maximum. And that brings me to my first question. When you see a speed limit sign, where they say 80, 60, 45 are you do you in your mind not law in your mind is that like the suggested speed limit and you can go whatever you want to go like i could do 35 if i want to and nobody better not blow the horn at me because i know the speed limit is 70 but as long as i don't go over you can't give me a ticket like is it a suggested speed limit or do you think in your mind like hey i need to get every bit of this and i'm gonna give you a little bit extra too so in my mind, yeah, it's definitely if, if it was 35, I'm going 35. At the minimum, I'm going 35. If I go over, okay. It depends on where you're at. Obviously, if you're in a school section or something, I'm not. I'm going under the speed limit in a school section right. or right at the speed limit. There's certain areas where you are, you're going to go under or right at. But if you're on a regular road or a highway, I'm going exactly that speed limit or more. I'm not going less because what's the point of going less? The speed limit is this. Right. So why do we get mad at the older people or the other generation when the speed limit is 60 and they go on 45, knowing that they're not breaking any laws in terms of speeding? Well, well, so that's what the, I mean by is it suggested or do you like is that supposed to be the minimum? Depends on the road because some roads, some highways have minimum speed limits. You have yeah. to. So as long as you're in that range, yeah, you can't get mad. I guess you can get frustrated, but hey, they're still doing what they want to do. As long as they're not going underneath the minimum. And people have been pulled over for underneath minimum before. Really? That's crazy. What about you, Tom? What you think? 
Well, I mean, I, I mean, you yeah, like all that noise over there. Outside of uh, that's funny because I'm I'm a grandpa driver according to Cynthia, but um, outside of like Yuri said, a uh, school zone or like a neighborhood, well, I automatically add like five at least to whatever I see. So if it's thirty-five, I'm going forty for sure, and I I, I usually push to probably the seven to eight range, but. Um, and it's just automatic. Like, I automatically add that to whatever it is, and I don't even think about it. But um, in Texas, they have what's called the Yeehaw Lane, which is the outside lane, which is the lane that unless, unless you go in 10 plus over, you're about to, to stay out that lane because they're going to get on your ass. <laughs> <laughs> He said, yeah, I remember that's what my dad called when I first moved from Texas to uh, from North Carolina, Texas. He was like, I'm gonna teach you something real quick because I know I, I didn't uh, always drive in Texas, but especially you come from somewhere like North Carolina, I know you don't have a lot of open highways. If you ain't going at least 10, 15 miles over, stay out the fast. Like, you know, in North Carolina, you're going eight, nine miles an hour. Oh, you kind of like, oh, I'm, I'm kind of I'm cruising out here. I'm feeling good. You get eight, nine miles an hour in the Yeehaw lane, boy, they are going to run you down and blow their horn, curse you out, hang their shotgun out the window, say, get out the way, boy. <laughs> so so check this out, which, which brought me to the next question. Whenever you put in your navigation somewhere to go, like, and, and I'm talking to you, Gary, and I'm talking to you here, Tom, and I'm talking to all y'all out there listening to me because – I'm going to tell you how I feel, and I want to see if y'all feel the same way. Yeah, yeah. No, I just want them to know because some people won't be watching this on YouTube. They won't be watching it on our YouTube channel. They'll be listening to us. So with that being said, I have to ask this question. When you put a a location into your navigation and it says two hours and 16 minutes, do you take it as a challenge? Like, oh, no, I'm going to get there way faster than this. Or you say, like, yeah, you know, that's about right. Like, I, I feel like when it tells me, like, hey, it's going to be two hours and 16 minutes, I'm like, no, nah, I can get there in under two. Easy. I could do this in under two. <laughs> do you take it as a challenge or you just like, because I've always wondered how I was able to calculate, you know what I'm saying, how fast I'm going to get there, how many lights I'm going to stop at to uh, to get me. And, and then when I shave those minutes off, I'm like, yeah. Uh-huh. See, I you don't know me. You don't know my driving skills. I do this. So when you put it in your navigation, because I see it as a test. Like this is this is how this is like worst case scenario. It's gonna take me two hours and sixteen minutes. Best case, I'm gonna make it there in an hour and forty-five. Yeah, so I, I would agree. I would say I use it as a okay, this is my worst case scenario. I prefer to get there before this. And I, I will say there's been some times where it says it's going to take me two hours and 15 minutes and I'm going seven, eight miles an hour the whole time. And I still get there the exact time it says. I'm like, that's what I'm saying. Sense. Like, I, you told me if I drive the speed limit, I'm going to get there at this time. I drove five to eight over and I still got there the time you said. I don't understand that because I should have got there earlier. And then I get frustrated. I'm like, so why did I drive fast for no reason? It made no sense. But I, I think I think they I think what it does is it like it knows the road you're on and how, what people's average speeds are. I'm assuming that's out there. So they would probably use, okay, this person's gonna be mostly highway. Most people are gonna go five to six over. So we're gonna estimate that into it. That'd be so my based guess. Off what you're saying, you're saying that our navigations are adapting to how we drive. Correct. I, I would say how people drive, not you drive. 
Oh, okay. well, what you just kind of fall show. into that people. I yeah, see I'm gonna say, well, I'm gonna say what stats tell them because I'm sure they when they update stuff, they're updating on the basis of stats that they get through all their stuff. Okay. What What about you, Tom? Yeah, because depending on how far you're driving, like traffic, like say I drive to San Antonio a lot for work, and you know it might say five hours when I start, but then traffic picks up, so it keeps adjusting all the time, and the route might adjust that they want you to take. So I think it depends on how far. But, of course, you take that as a challenge. You're like, all right, bet. What you think? Especially especially if you got somebody that does like, oh, well, I use Waze as my navigation. I'm like, oh, I use Google Maps as my navigation. And they're like, well, this is telling me that this is going to be such such time. And I'm like, well, mine's telling me a different direction, but it's saying it's going to be there even quicker. You're definitely, you're definitely in there on the challenge then because you're like, okay, I'm going to show them that. My, it's not quite as bad as like Android versus that, iPhone. Too. It ain't quite as bad as Android versus iPhone, but it's definitely like people love the navigation. I, that I they do use. like Waze, though. Right. <laughs> and the only, only reason I like Waze is because it tells you there's cops coming. That's the only reason. Man, well, Google I'm Maps does that I'm now. A, I'm oh, a, I'm see, I didn't know. Apple I don't have to use Google Maps. I don't know. Yeah, they, they do. A, there's a speed trap ahead. And then, like, they, they constantly ask people. Well, you, I think Waze. It's kind of more of like a social media navigation right. because it's yeah, you know what I'm saying? It's like people are always constantly updating that. I mean, Google Maps will ask you, is there still a speed trap here? But um, yeah, it's 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 just interesting because you know, when Waze first came out, that was kind of like the new wave, like, oh well, Waze is so much so much quicker and like always finds the best route. And I think it made Google Maps step up their game. But I have a question for y'all about this. It still does with this kind of the uh, same, but not really. So, when you're going somewhere, you don't know where to go, but you have a friend in the car with you that knows where they're going, and they're like, oh, don't worry about it, I'll give you directions. You're like, no, I like to put it in. Are y'all one of the ones that likes to put the address into navigation and put it up there so you can see it, or are you one of the ones that's like, all right, I'll let my friend direct me? Because I'll tell you, for me, for me, I hate letting my friend direct me, because this is what happens. Y'all get to talking. And then all of a sudden, oh, you're supposed to turn right up here right in about 100 yep. feet. And so you got to pull all these moves. And for someone like me, I don't like to, like, cross over traffic, you know, traffic like three lanes with a heartbeat snap. So I'm like, you know what? <laughs> I'd rather just have it in the navigation, sitting up there so I can see it. That way I ain't got to depend on you. Because when you're, when you're riding, because I've done this before, too. When you're riding, you just kind of get into a zone where you think the other person knows where they're going. So sometimes you forget that you're even supposed to be giving directions. So to me, I'm one that wants the navigation. I want the I want the, the address before we leave. What about y'all? See, I am not like that. I actually will trust my friends when they give me the right directions. And the reasoning why I, I will take that, because if they mess up, it's on them and I can jump down their throat. Ah, oh, bro, it's so <laughs> bad. So that's, that's so the best bad. part. Because if you do it, I, I'm all on you now. Because you say, I got it. Okay, I, I'm going to trust you. And then when you mess it up, okay. <laughs> because even with the navigation, like sometimes you don't, if you're in a conversation, you don't really pay attention. You're not listening. And I have my navigation turned down low. So like I don't want it super loud in my ear. Or I, if I have it or I only have the volume on it on, I'm just paying attention to it. So even when you get in conversation, sometimes navigation still, you'll still miss it. So I'm just going to trust my person, and if they mess it up, I'm going to get down their throat then because it's on them now, and then I have no bearing on it, and then I'll have something over them. Bro, I'm <laughs> telling you right now. I put it in my navigation, and this is what I always compare it to because the only time that I'll not put it in my navigation is somebody say, hey, I can get there faster. But in in the as a result of you saying you can get there faster, I'm going to put it in my navigation, and if it's, say, 36 minutes to get there, if we get there the same exact time that the navigation told me we was going to get there taking your shortcut, 
then you're no longer able to give me directions anymore because I know that Siri or whatever device that you use to get you around is going to get me there at the same exact time that you got me there. Because I hate when people jump in and be like, oh, no, nah, man, you're going the long way. This is a shortcut. And I'm like, bro, I feel like I'm going longer your way than it is going my way. And the way I know is through Siri. <laughs> so it's it's interesting. I'm a, I'm a put it in guy. I'm not, I don't really want to listen to my friend because Gary, he's been there a few times where he was like, yeah, man, you know, I can show you where to go. You're going to turn here. I'm going to put it in my navigation. I'm going to turn it all the way down. And I'm going to be like, okay, all right. Because in the event that we do get to talking and he tell me like, Hey, when you go up here, you're going to make a left, right? And I'll be like, what? Am I making a left or am I making a right? <laughs> so now I'm confused, but I feel like he's like, yeah, you go that way. And I'm like, all right, shit, did he say am I going left or am I going right now? If right. It, is he, like you just, you don't know. And then you, you get back into the conversation. You're like, well, shit, I'm just going to gamble here. You know, you got, you, got, you got navigation to fall back on. That's just to help me out. I'm a navigation guy. So we go to Yellowstone, right? So we once we get into Yellowstone, we see all the buffalo, right? I, I, I get out of the car. I didn't get too close because I didn't want to end up like the little girl that got flipped by the buffalo, but they're literally everywhere, bro. This is what people don't understand about these national parks. There's animals everywhere. They're absolutely magnificent and beautiful, but there's a lot of shit everywhere. Literally, there's piles and piles of shit. <laughs> Not stuff that people throw out of their car from the animals. The buffalo that you think or the bison that you think is so beautiful and majestic, just know that they shit everywhere. <laughs> everywhere. Jogging, riding bikes, like it was smushed in the roads. It was on, the, I, like, I, they have to have a cleanup crew there because if they didn't, you literally couldn't do anything. It, it it would just be that much stuff. Uh, we we got a chance to see horned sheep, uh, butt heads. It was absolutely amazing. So we go from Yellowstone, and my next story is about to pop up. We go from Yellowstone to Devil's Tower. Do you guys know what Devil's Tower is? Yes. Never been there before, man. But I I'll tell you something at the end of this story when we make it to the finish line about Devil's Tower that I can't say right now. But oh, before you go, have you seen Jumanji too? I have seen Jumanji. Too. Have you time? Oh yeah, I love that. He is a hundred right now. D'Angelo's a hundred percent Kevin Hart's character, just drawing out the story without getting to the points. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> wow. Damn. Okay, I'm gonna shorten it, asshole. <laughs> <Damn>. <laughs> <laughs> wow, you I gotta admit you that was good. You gotta that admit was that really was good. good I thought you was gonna say something about Devil's Peak being in there because I was getting ready to tell you no, that's not the no. same. Gary, that listen. was good. That was really good. First of all, Gary's being a bully. D'Angelo's been short his whole life. If he wants to take a long time to tell a story, let him take a long time. Wow. <laughs> Shots that I have to deal with on this damn show. This is unbelievable. I'm gonna I'm speed it up now. We stop in at this restaurant, man. And when we stop into this restaurant, I, I start judging people. Because nobody has a mask on and nobody has all their teeth. And I come in and I'm like, I text my wife and I was like, hey, honey, uh, where are we? And she goes, we're in this town in Wyoming. 
And um, I don't want to say the little small town because I don't want y'all to narrow it down and be like, oh, you went here. <laughs> so we went to a little small like diner in Wyoming and nobody had their teeth. And I was like, honey, I'm pretty sure like everybody in here on so type, some type of drug. She was like, stop judging. I'm like, okay, cool. So the lady walks out. Uh, one chick's like tatted up. She looked like she was a biker. I was like, honey, I don't know if we at the right breakfast spot. She was like, I'm telling you the food going to be good. I'm like, shit, it better be. Like, <laughs> I feel like at this point, like, we really risking it all. So the lady comes out and she was like, you know, can I take your order? So she take our order and she come back and she brings us our food and she goes, is there anything else that you guys need? Because I'm going outside to smoke. And my wife was like, what? I was like, oh, shit, <laughs> she really said that this place is awesome. And uh, I, she was like, do y'all need anything? I'm like, nah, uh-uh. I was like, well, enjoy your smoke. She was like, okay, thank you. And like, she walked to the back and she disappeared. And I said, honey, what do you think she's going back there to smoke? And she was like, I don't know. Like, she at work, got to be a cigarette. Well, when she came back, she didn't smell like a cigarette. She didn't smell like marijuana either. Like, she didn't smell like anything. And I was like, damn, what did she go back there to smoke? No harm, no foul. Wasn't even tripping. I was like, I love this restaurant. I'm going to tip her heavily. And so out of nowhere, she goes, yeah, you know, I suffer from PTSD. And I'm like, oh, shit. She was in the military. Explains the smoking, right? And uh, she goes, yeah, you know, my mom and my dad and my siblings abused me. And I was like, like all of them, like the whole family. She was like, yeah. And I'm like, dude, like, I don't know what she went back there and smoked, but whatever, like she went back there and smoked and came, I was like completely. So my question that came from that was, is can you as a troubled child see that your family is bullying you or abusing you from your perspective. Because I, I I don't really know how to dive into this because I, I was like, it's very rare or tough that your entire, because she had younger brothers and older siblings. Like, and, and it wasn't a gender difference or anything like that. Wasn't a gender difference because I think she had older brothers and sisters. But she said that her entire family abused her. I didn't want to get into it because, you know, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't know what type of abuse. I wasn't trying to get into that. But I was like, damn, it's, ve it's very rare that your entire family does. So can she be mistaken abuse as like she was a troubled child and they were trying to get her back on the right track? Or can she, can a whole family really abuse you? Well, I would say yes. Yes, they could. Uh, I think a lot of it's different though, like abuse and like, like brotherly or brother and sister, like picking on each other could be considered abuse too, but I don't think that would be. I think as a family, you're, you, that, that's just something that, that comes with brotherhood and sisterhood when you're, and you have siblings, you're going to pick on each other. I did that to my brother all the time. My older half brother did it to me all the time. And I didn't see it as like abusing me or not. He was, they were picking on, we we're picking on each other. So but is it that's perspective? A, is it yeah, perspective? I think it's a perspective because if everybody's just picking just on her and they're not picking on each other, then yes, that could be definitely be abuse. Because you're you're not doing it to you're not replicating to everybody else. And if you're only doing it to one person, then you're singling out that one person and, and you're treating them differently. I think that can be considered abuse. But now if they're doing it to everybody, then then no, I would say no, that's not. 
But again, abuse and like a little bullying with your with your brothers and sisters, that's a whole different level because I think that's known. Everybody does that to, to their brothers and sisters. Now, you don't go over the top. You do it in a right. fun, pokey manner. That, that's the difference with it all. But I will say with your story, what you're talking about, to me, it sounds like out there, everyone is just super like – they're they they're willing to talk to everybody because they they're that yeah. friendly aspect. They're just super friendly. They're, they they want to encompass you into the what their life is. They want to know about your life, and that's right. what it seems like out there. It's like they're that's their community. It feels like they just want. But are they wrong into- for that though? Because I mean, obviously, if you if if you're in another setting, not being who I am or you who you are, mm-hmm. but if somebody was to say that that could be taken the wrong way, like damn, you smoking on the job? Like, I mean, we know people take breaks. You get your 10, 15 minutes, but. Is it like uh, taboo for you to say it like to the people that you're serving? Like, yo, I'm going to disappear and go smoke. I, I think it depends on the location. I don't think we can judge anybody for the look. That's where they live. That's how their their society is at that time. That's where they live. That's what they all do. They're just open. They're honest. And then they're friendly with everybody. Now, if you do that in New York, yeah, you're going to have an issue with it because that's not the way they are there. But to say that they she was wrong by saying that, she hey, she's letting you know. She could just say, hey, I got to go on break. And not tell you, and you come back smelling like cigarettes. You're gonna know exactly what she did. She just was straight up and told you about it. It didn't matter. Right, right, okay. So because you you want me to speed it up, go ahead, Tom. What you got? Yeah, no, that's all I was gonna say. Is I kind of agree with that. And, you know, the thing is, as long as they're not smoking around the me food. or my food, <laughs> I'm okay with it. Yeah, I mean, because there's actually some places here. There, I I don't see how that this is still a thing, but there's some. <laughs> Uh, restaurants, you know the airport you flew out of when you were for WrestleMania uh, that year, Gary and Addison. Yeah, um, Addison actually allows people to smoke inside restaurants still, and then there's still like smoking sections, which I don't know. I, I had, feel like I hadn't seen that in forever. Um, so I I don't go to those places because I can't stand smoke. I can't. I'm allergic to it, so it just causes me. So as long as you don't smoke around me or my food. You know, you do what you got to do. I mean, we all, you know, have our things. So okay. I'll let you go ahead. Right. I know you got some more to do, D'Angelo. Yeah. And so after we finished, we went to Devil's Tower. We went to the Badlands, Mount Rushmore, the Crazy Horse, Custer National Park. We went to a swim park, the Mammoth site, and finished at the uh, Dinosaur Park since Gary kind of rushed me through. But with <laughs> that being said, though, while we were in, so we flew into Jackson Hole, which is where Teton, the Teton National Park is. We flew into there and we drove to all those sites. And we probably amassed probably 1,200, 1,200 miles, maybe 1,200, 1,300 miles, you know, total just driving. Well, we ended in Rapid City, Rapid City, South Dakota. And we went to a breakfast spot out there the, the morning that we were about to leave. And uh, this will leave you with my last story uh and this is probably going to be a real touchy one especially for you time not so much for gary but it'll be it'll be an interesting conversation i promise you so do you guys believe that it takes a village to raise a kid let me make sure we get the concept down first before i before i go into it do you think it depends on the situation of the person i think it can at times sometimes (laughs) no Okay, so this will play right into you, your sometimes no and sometimes yes, Gary. I, I feel like it takes a village to raise a kid. This is what I'm talking about. When the lady, when she was at the zoo and the kids fell into the enclosure, had it been a person passing by to be like, hey, 
get out. Just told the kids to get out. Maybe the mom would have got mad. Maybe she would have been like, thank you so much, because he could have fell into that enclosure. Thank you so much. You know, or... That wouldn't have happened. You probably uh, should have got yelled at for doing it. That's my kid. Don't worry about it. That's usually how it goes. Yeah, I, let's just say, let's just say that you know that's that's the village yes, race. Yes, kid right. is something positive, Correct. right? Yeah, yeah. Something like if a kid get lost, uh, lost at a, a park or a theme park, another parent find them and be like, hey, we got to find your parent. You, you you welcome all of that, right? Yes. So with the good come the bad, and and this is what I mean. We went out to eat breakfast. And let's make sure that I, we're saying this, all things even, uh, there's no handicaps here of any kind. Don't ask me how I know that doesn't matter. That doesn't change this conversation. Okay. This conversation is about someone that's healthy, uh, that, that doesn't have any issues. Okay. So I'm going to make sure that we, we sit this aside, all the, that aside. So we go out to eat and we put our son in a high chair, uh, and he's one years old. We look over to the table next to us, and there's a four-year-old sitting in the same high chair. And I go, uh, that baby's a little too old to be in that high chair. So I'm saying if it takes a village to raise a kid, you got to take the good and the bad. Like if I see you like slipping and I help your kid out, then you you accept that. But as a parent, if I see you doing something wrong, same as if, and I do this all the time, and I'm letting you know right now. If you're in the car with a kid and you're smoking a cigarette and you got the windows up, I'm going to tap on your window like, hey, can you crack the window like for the kid or like stop right. smoking? Like, right. I, right. You see what I'm saying? Look, so if it takes a village, if I'm going to say something about that in a positive light, even if I tell you something negative, you have to accept that because you subscribe to the it takes a village to raise a kid. The question is, is was I wrong for saying, hey. That baby too big to be in that uh that high chair. Like she was having full conversations with me. Like if she could talk to me and understand what it is that I'm saying, why is she in this damn high chair? I would say if you knew the people, no. If you don't know the people, yes, because you don't know if they believe in that aspect of it takes a village to raise a family. They might not believe that. And, and that, here's so that that could be an issue. Right. Here's the other thing about that saying. Is when you think when it comes to that saying, at least in my mind, when you say it takes a village, you you consider the villagers people that you know and love and care about, as in like, okay, this is my village, my mom, you know, uh, grandma, grandpa, you know, uh, maybe close friends that are might watch the baby for you. That's who people normally would consider their village. I don't consider somebody that's at Chili's while we're eating the dinner that happens just be a next day table over maybe they have uh kids themselves as part of the village that's helping raise my kid and whenever i think of that saying so if, so if you know them i can see it if you don't know them then i don't think that falls into the it takes a village moniker so the only disagreement would be i would agree with you knocking on a window right. of somebody smoking in a, but in it's a car the same with thing kid. though it's the same but exact thing no because the smoke's affecting the child the sitting in a high chair is not I think that it's it. That's a health issue versus not a health issue. This is just their preference. Maybe the kid's wild. You're making a situational now, Gary. You're making a situational. It, you, it, it should like, be. I think it should be because it, especially if you don't know the people, it's situational. I think even only if, if you don't know them, it's situational. If, I, I I don't know when I knock on that window and tell them, hey man. Yeah, know, but can, that's health. Now now you're affecting the health of a kid versus sitting in a chair does not really it's not hurting or helping the kid that we know of. 
Because that's 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 not even necessarily calling them out on uh, like or trying to help them. I think that's more or less calling them an asshole because that's what they are. If they're smoking with their kids, in but the you see it all the time, though. You see, it oh all no, the time. I know. And they'll tell you, and they'll tell you, like, hey man, I do this all the time. And that one session that you stopping right now, nobody's probably ever told them that in their life, right? Uh, and I'll give you a case in point. When I was teaching my kids to ride bikes, I posted online. What's the proper age? I thought I was doing some teaching my eight year old. They was like four or five. <laughs> they was like four or five. I was like, shit, I gotta get on my shit. So then I end up. I taught my son. He well, he was four. How to ride, and I taught my youngest daughter how to ride. Like because I knew then, like, hey, this is the standard. I need to stick to that standard. So with that being said, if if I can offer you to knock on that window and tell you, hey you need to stop smoking around that kid. Maybe nobody's ever told them that before, so they didn't know that they was doing it wrong in the first place. So this kid that was in this high chair, because nobody's ever told them that, look, I had my 10-year-old in a damn high chair. Well, she wasn't 10 at the time. Yeah, she was 10. She was in a like a booster seat. And I was like, honey, I think she might be too big for this booster seat. I Googled it. And I was like, yeah, we tripping, honey. Like, we, they got to... <laughs> well, I would say... You see what I'm saying? Well, I also think it might would depend on your demeanor and how you said it, because that could play a big part of you. You're like, hey, so why why do you still have? How old is your child? Oh, he's four. Or she's four. So why why is she still in a high chair? More asking a question versus saying, hey, that baby's too too big for a high chair. The, the way the demeanor you say it could also dictate if you're actually trying to help or if you're just making fun of them. Basically, that's how they could see it too. Is the way you you interact with them in that situation. Yeah, because I've I've told people to to be pushing this, and I don't know if you've seen this time. I don't know if y'all had this in Texas, but we have it where we at these big ass kids that they be pushing around in these strollers. I'd be like, so how old is your kid? Like, is, <laughs> like he got to be or she got to be heavy. Like that got to be a stretch. And they usually lead you into the conversation of like, yeah, you know, when they get tired, they don't want to walk. Well, look, John ass gonna get his ass up out of this <laughs> right. this damn this this this. Not the wheelchair, but this well, damn stroller, and he gonna walk because you know, little Johnny ate. Right. Well, you know us white people, we like to have our kids on leashes. Man, I was getting that. <laughs> so I, was getting so that. I, want, I, don't I do want you. I don't understand any of this. I don't understand time, any of it. Next time you go out to eat with the family, I want you to put GJ into a high chair. No, no, <laughs> it's, it's it's awful. And like it's the same thing with the leashes, bro. I do not. How that can makes you no sense. How can you tell me you have full control of your kid and then put them on the leash? Like something's not adding up. Something's not adding up. So I, I'm trying to get a better understanding of this whole village thing. If you really truly believe in the village, even if you don't believe in the village, I guess that'll be one reason to have them on the leash because you don't believe in the village. I think but it's more you've got to ask for help from the village versus expect it to happen. I think that's more of the thing. So like you said, you at you went on social media and asked what age is a good age to start teaching kids to ride a bike. So you asked for the help. You went on Google and looked for the help versus somebody uh, who's just out eating. They're not actually asking or looking for it. So I don't think they're expecting it so they could take it the wrong way. Well, that and it's and it's like it depends on what, you know, cuz like I said, depends on what you consider your village. Right. I don't think you would consider Instagram and Facebook, your village, even though you ask them what is the right age to teach, uh, you know, your kids to ride a bike. 
I think that's just you, you taking advantage of resources that you have to go, gather other opinions. But as far as it comes to that's what like, you want to say, Tom. That's what you just say. Yeah. I, <laughs> anybody that I get information from, I consider them a part of my village, especially Gary. And Gary, this is where I completely disagree with you. And I completely disagree with Tom. Like Gary's one of your best friends. That's completely right. different. This is, and, and uh, this we is already established we're not best friends. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, so, so, so with that being said, that's Chris. We don't even want to talk about it. We don't want to talk say, about it. I should say you're our co-parents. We don't yeah. have yeah, we're co-parents. How, however you want to phrase it. I, what I'm saying is, is we have people within our village that we would not leave our kids with. We will not leave our wives or girlfriends with. So within that village, there's certain things that we won't let the other person or in that village do. So with that being said, why why wouldn't you subscribe to It Takes a Village? Because it's going to take a village if your kid do something wrong because they ask going to jail or they're going to have to interact with the police and it's going to take a village to get them out of the trouble that they get into. So why don't you, why don't you running, use the village to keep them out? If I'm running a village, I don't want the gardener in there cooking my dinner. You know what I'm saying? So everyone's got certain talents and abilities that you can learn how to take advantage of. Yeah, you know, I'm not gonna, just... Knowing you guys, say I have Braden about to play football and then either say right. I live near you guys. I'm not going to my buddy that didn't play football. You know, maybe he was a good athlete. He played baseball. Let's say he played baseball. Hey, will you teach my boy how to play football? No, I'm going to come to one of y'all. I'm like, hey, like, you got any tips, tricks for Braden so he can, you know. So everyone has talents and abilities that you learn from by, like, getting to know them or having known them. And you use that villager for certain purposes. So you, but you are right there. You don't want to have everybody that you want to use for everything. Well, and just using your example about the kid that fell in the enclosure with Harambe. If, if, if somebody walked by and told that and yelled at the kid to get off the railing, the, the parents would have freaked out on that person for saying, that's my kid. You don't need to do that. All that kind of stuff. I, I'm, I'm not a parent. Same thing for you, D. If you were at the zoo and one of your kids were climbing all over in a case, in, like an enclosure get, and could have fell in, somebody yelled at your child to get down, you're going to feel some type of way because of that. Because you don't know the person. You're going to be like, this is my child. I, I got it. And it, it's just, that's just nature that, cause you don't know who the person is. Now, if you know, if it was me doing it, you're gonna be like, you better listen to him if they don't listen. But if you, if it's somebody you don't know, you're going to feel a certain, certain type of way because you don't know them. You don't know what their intentions are. You're going to feel like they're trying to overstep their bounds against you. So it all comes down to D'Angelo. Who are your village people? Young man. Right. That's what it comes down to. That, that's what I, that's what I wanted to know because I, I felt like, Hey, if, if my if my slip showing uh just kind of cliche but like just just a phrase that people use i mean kind of like a metaphor if my slip showing you want people to sh- to tell you right but you don't want them to tell you about your kid like you know it kind of goes back to when teachers tell you that your kid or son or your daughter did this at school and you was like nah they'll never do that you lying on my kid it's just i i don't understand how we feel the way that we feel about our kids. Obviously, I have kids, and there's sometimes where I get in those moods where I don't want people to say anything to them. But at the same time, though, I want them to say something to them if if I'm if I'm slipping, because I've had that before. Where you know I'm thinking I'm batting a thousand, and then all of a sudden, right before their mom get home, I hear my son crying hysterically, and I'm like, "What the hell happened?" And he had twisted his ankle, and she walk in the door. Well, what the hell was y'all doing? Just happened. Right. I I was batting a thousand. 
So if you could, as long as I can get the kids back healthy and nobody gets hurt, like I, that's what I, that's what I'm aiming for. You're laughing, Tom, because you understand where I'm coming from. You just oh, like, damn, we so went true. all this time with no problems, and then right before she, like, you can hear the keys jingle in the door, and bam, something happened. You're like, what the hell, man? Right, and it's funny because you, you, you'll, uh, you'll, you'll come in. You should have been gone for hours. Y'all done played. You read a book to them. You fed them. Uh, you over here. You done so much with them. Y'all went to the park. She comes in for that half a second. And sees that you're maybe you texting somebody back. Oh, you've been on the phone all day. You ain't been oh, playing with the bro, That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I feel you. <laughs> yeah. And she compared her schedule to your schedule. So I know he was sleep at three. So what did you do at three? And I know he, you know, you ain't do nothing essentially all day. She done broke your day down. And you like, that's not how it went at all. Actually, he was up crying the whole time. Like it was it was an absolute nightmare. But if that's what you think, okay. <laughs> Cause that hey, daddy's schedule ain't never the same because they don't never, never. want to listen to us they do mama. <laughs> never. And Gary, we not expecting you to understand. <laughs> not yet. D, I do want you to bring up uh your picture you posted uh oh, on social yeah. media from yeah. uh yes. I, was I think that's a good up. story for everybody to hear. Yeah, yeah. So here's my thing. First of all, did, I hope. First of all, I hope y'all got a second picture. If not, whoever's in charge of one finding the person to take the picture is fired. Uh, two, we, checking look, the picture after they take it is fired. <laughs> so, me and my wife, we got a system. We like to work families. We see a family taking a picture in like a certain area. We go over there and be like, "Hey, we could take your picture, and then you could take our picture." You know, so now you kind of locked into like a contract, right? Well, this time it didn't happen. We get to Mount Rushmore and there's like families everywhere. And then I spot the Asian couple, uh, the Asian family with the tripod. And I'm like, man, they go through a lot to come take a damn picture when they could just get somebody. Like, so I'm making fun of the guy. I'm even shooting jokes at the wife. Like, look at the guy with the tripod. You know, he had to pack all that shit, bring it out, pack it all back up. I ain't have to do none of that. He's just stupid. He could have just asked somebody to take the picture. So my wife and a family, and I don't know why she does this. It bothers the hell out of me because it's the most sexist thing she ever does. Every time we find a family, my wife always asks the woman because she feel like the woman takes the better pictures. That's why she's sexist. Not because she seek out the woman because she is a woman. She only seek out the woman because she feel like they take better pictures. I was like, even if they do take better pictures, we take faster pictures. Men, we ain't getting all into that, like, turn this way the sun in the way or turn that way. Like, women take full control. Like, I tell her, I said, every time you pass that phone to a woman, you give her power for all of 5, 10 to 15 seconds. She was like, what are you talking about? I was like, she tell us to say cheese, move this way, move that way. Like, she literally, for those few seconds, have full control over what she want us to do. So she'll be like, yeah, you know, I don't like that look. Like, turn this way. Okay, now you smile. You look this way. And we're doing everything that this woman is saying. She snaps the picture. My wife walks up to the lady. She was like, hey, can you take this picture? And I was like, honey, those are the bikers that we saw come in. And she was like, oh, you know, it's fine. I'm like, okay, cool. So she snapped the picture. I never looked at the picture after she snapped the picture the first time. So we, uh, she was, I said, honey, how's the picture? She was like, it's okay. I mean, it's a picture of us. And I was like, all right, just based off her reaction, I was like, well, 
let's get somebody else to take the picture too, just you know, to be safe, different angle, different eyes. So we get back to the room and she goes, Look, honey, this is the picture that the lady took, the biker lady took. And I was like, Oh, that's a nice picture of us. She was like, We were at Mount Rushmore, honey. And I was like, Oh shit, she didn't get Mount Rushmore in the picture <laughs> at all. I just thought it was just a picture of the family, not knowing that this was the picture that this lady took. I, I don't understand. And then I post it and then everybody starts showing me pictures of I didn't even know that that was a thing. Like you would think if you go to Mount Rushmore and you take a picture, you want to get that monument in Correct. the background. Yeah. I, you see people like take pictures of like their heads cut off. What, what are the people? What are the people thinking that are taking these pictures? Like if I go to if I go to uh, if I go to the Grand Canyon and I say, hey. Can you take a picture? I'm expecting you to, take to think like they mm-hmm. want the Grand Canyon in the background. I think it's, that was a little, that's a little harder to do. It's it's like but, going to Egypt like in front of the pyramids. Hey, take a picture of us, and you get none of the pyramids. You right. just get us. What? <laughs> Crazy to me. Yeah. What if what if that was that person's way of saying you don't need to be finding people to take your pictures. Because this is what you're going to get. So don't ask Correct. me to take pictures of him. <laughs> but I do want to bring up, you did send us a picture that yes. you took of the kids at Mount Rushmore. Art. Yes. And I want to know what was my critique. Because you said you were dying laughing. Oh, uh, I was so. crying. So <laughs> I sent this picture to Gary. I'm going to I'm gonna pull up the, the, the message back. I pull up this picture to Here, Gary. I'm just going to try like, and show you all the picture. This is the picture he sent. Just yeah, so everybody can I, see. I I I I'm I'm over here like yeah you know it's gonna be dope. I put it in portrait mode. I, I have the kids like take a picture like uh, over the shoulder. It's kind of blurred in the background. It's like super hella dope. And I go, how dope is this picture? Yes, I took it. You know, just bragging and stuff. Time goes, dang, that is fire. Nice work. You know, about three four minutes go by. Gary chimes in. The background is a little blurry. The kids are a little off center. The people in the background aren't smiling. And one of the kids isn't looking forward. So with that being said, I give it a solid C minus or D plus. Wow. <laughs> hey, you just wanted an honest critique. I can't let you live up to that false lie you just gave. Savagery. I, I sent him the message back. I hate you, Gary. I'm in tears. <laughs> I'm, so I'm just I saying. Take, like, yeah, I take this picture and I'm all proud of it and I send it to him. And I'm like, he, he probably never took a picture in his damn life. That was this good. <laughs> well, well, here's the thing, Dan. I'm just going to bring you back to reality. We learned that Gary, and you learned this, apparently, that Gary does love art. He has I art am. in his house. <laughs> so I am a little bit of a stickler, as you saw with my review, my critique. I, hey, you got to get at least the background. People got to be smiling. I don't care if they're rock. Come on. <laughs> and they can't <laughs> change their expression. <laughs> I tell you the truth. So then... When I get to the house, that obviously that's what I did that week and that weekend. I get to the house, and I hadn't been able to keep up with the news and stuff like that. I see that Paul Pierce got fired. And I'm like, damn, what did Paul Pierce do? And <laughs> I go back, and I look at the live of Paul Pierce smoking his joint or his tobacco Whatever it is, I'm not gonna just plug him as a guy. That's, hey, he could have he could have a uh, a license for it. We don't he know. He could have. That's what I'm saying. I'm not judging him for that. 
he has strippers in the background. That's what they want to call him. I don't, I don't understand what people have or the issue that people have with strippers because that's a job. That's 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 like an official job. There's nothing wrong with being a stripper. There's nothing against it. There's nothing illegal about being a stripper. Okay. There's a lot of negative connotation that come with being a stripper, but just being a stripper at its essence, there's nothing wrong with it because it's an actual factual job. They pay taxes just like everybody else. I I don't understand that, but I it 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 made me think about this. Stuff that you do in private or on your own time, should it affect where you work if it's you just being you letting your hair down? Because he's not he's not famous for being an ESPN commentator. He's famous for being Paul Pierce playing for the Celtics. He's famous for being a basketball player. So it's not like he, uh, like he need ESPN to be who he uh, who he is. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Right. So I, I, I'm right. trying to figure out, like, I, even if he wasn't on ESPN, he'd have still got the same notoriety as he would if he wasn't working for ESPN. So what what's the issue is what I'm saying, because he did this in his private time. He didn't do this on the clock. Yeah, so I would say the problem is ESPN's owned by Disney, and I think that's what they were trying to use it as because they they feel like uh, it's a wholesome family stuff. We we don't need that out there. But again, he he's he's in his privacy of his, his own self, and he went live with it. Like, I, I'm about to say until he goes live. Once you go live, you ain't private no more. <laughs> yeah, but even if it's live, he's still at home doing it on his own thing. He wasn't at a strip club. To me, if he was at a strip club and not and anything, okay, then now you have an issue because now if he's not doing COVID stuff, but again, he's at his private residency or wherever, and he's doing what he does at his home. There's nothing right. wrong with that. And I agree, yeah, maybe it's not a good look for because it's Disney, but I, I don't – some things I don't think you should it should hold you against, but especially if you're not doing anything illegal. If you're not doing anything illegal, then no. And if – like it was not pornography. It was nothing like that. Yeah, it might not look good for Disney standards, but I guess that's their reasoning for firing him was just because it's all Disney aspect. It wasn't family oriented, but in that aspect, I don't think he should have been fired because of it. I think maybe you suspend him and you talk to him and then you bring him back. I don't think you fire him over it. Right. That's that's kind of where I don't think it's you know fire worthy based on what was in the video, but it's definitely like. It belongs on Come On Man, that uh, that segment that they have on the NFL uh, channels. It's like, come on, man. Like, what are you thinking? Like, you you understand who you work for. But this this is kind of what this tells me. If, if you, like, look into the deeper psychology of this, he was bold enough to do that. They let him go that quick because of that. Something tells me there was already rifts in the water when it comes to Paul Pierce's relationship with ESPN. Mm. Because if you're, trying to, if you're worried about your job, you ain't going live with smoking and your strippers in the background, blah blah blah, whatever, whatever. Well, if I don't. You, know I, I, you work for. What, so I'm, I'm gonna let you in on a little secret time. He's rich, rich, like rich, rich, yes, yes, rich, rich. Oh, him and Gary. He got that. He got that. No, he's that richy rich. Yeah, like he like hundred million dollars. Like so, I, money wasn't an issue to him. So it's not like he need the job to stay afloat and to to keep living the lifestyle that he's made for himself. Like he's just purely doing this because you know he need he need to keep himself busy. That's why. I, that's why I find it very interesting when when players and stuff like uh, I'll give you a case in point. And I, I still don't understand this to this day. Kirk Franklin, 
when he had the issue with his son. It was a private setting <laughs> recording. Right, right. We didn't get a chance to talk about it. But Kirk Franklin, he had a private setting with his son. He recorded it, and he had to come out and apologize. That's something that happened in private. If there's something that happened in private that you would secretly record or it secretly come out, I don't think you should have to apologize publicly. I don't care if somebody brought it. It, it, it doesn't matter. That happened in the private setting. You don't know our relationship. You don't know that, you know, now they want to say that, oh, I feel bad about it, you know, blah, 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 blah. Like, I can't believe he said that. But during the interchange, like, if people heard me and Gary talk to each other in private, oh. they were, ah, bro. There would be no more YouTube. There would be no Good more sugar. Yeah, <laughs> no. if I say that, they'd be surprised y'all are still friends because I've seen a few right. of those <laughs> And with that, the whole Michael Rappaport, Kevin Durant uh, yes. DM stuff, what do you think about that? Bro, I, I think that Kevin Durant should have never apologized. That's just, that's uh, it was stupid. It wasn't stupid that he he sent what he sent. Hey, that's how you felt at the time. Own that shit and said, "No, I ain't apologizing." That's it, it's that's also how I bad that he posted the DMs too. Like, especially if like I don't know if it's true. Like Kevin Durant said, they've always gone back and forth. I mean, nothing else has been posted before. So what made you do it this Not time? Not only posted the DMs, but deleted some of his responses to make Kevin Durant look like the crazy ex girlfriend that's just like going off on him, like just message after message after message without a response and like kd like actually tweeted i'm like why'd you delete all your responses <laughs> bro that, but and kd didn't post the responses because he didn't think he needed to like no, but he, i agree he, he should have, he should to, have had to apologize i agree if if it come out the light like that you don't have to apologize for any of that I, your fans all of they should understand we've all we've all been in that moment with a friend or somebody that you know we've slid in the dms of celebrities and i'm saying we because the people that are not celebrities or or people that of of stature slid in their DMs and talk bad about them, whether it's somebody that cost them their fantasy football team, whether it was somebody that cost them, you know, the NCAA championship or moving forward, anybody that was indirectly affected by something that a celebrity did, they've slid in and said some things that they shouldn't have said, or people that didn't be, be, uh, believe in something somebody said politically have came in their DMs said something crazy, and the celebrity chooses to ignore it. Ah, yeah, I'm not going to say anything. But the moment we say something back, we get screenshotted, and then they put it out there, and then now here we are apologizing for something that we said on how we felt in that moment. That's how I felt in that moment. I don't feel like that all the time. I'm not apologizing for what I said. I'm apologizing that you motherfuckers found out that I said it. Yeah, I hate y'all had to find out this way, but yeah, this is how I am. I yeah, I didn't I didn't mean for y'all to figure find this out. Am I sorry for what I said? No, but I am sorry that y'all found out about it. Uh huh. Well, I, I, before we get off of here, I had two things I want to address. They'll be real quick. First of all, R.I.P. D.M.X. What was y'all's favorite D.M.X. song? I, I can I can go all day on this because I we ha, we all have knee jerk reactions when celebrities die. Okay, uh -huh. the number one knee jerk reaction that we get when celebrities die, whether it's in the music industry, whether it's an athlete, whether it's the rap, whatever industry it is, volleyball, soccer, we always say, "Rip, they were the greatest to ever do it." Stop that fucking line. He's not the greatest to ever do it. He was good. He was good. I give you that. He was real good. But he was not one of the greatest. And everybody was like, hit for hit. I'm like, bro, if y'all don't stop it, <laughs> stop it. 
Stop it like, oh, he was the greatest freestyler. You you know what? Right there. This it was cool. We understand that you miss him. I miss him too. He, he I, I hate that he went the way that he went, but we ain't finna be out here spreading lies though. That ain't what we finna start doing. <laughs> that ain't what we finna start doing. Same thing with Nipsey Hustle when he died. Like I look, they were good. They were really, really good. But now when you start talking about the best to ever do it. Like, come on, man. We we know you 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 mourn it. Don't mourn like that, though. Don't mourn like that. That ain't it. That ain't it. So, what's your favorite song from DMX? Uh, X gonna give it to you. All right. What about you, Gary? Rough Riders Anthem. I just gotta be Rough Riders Anthem. How many times yeah. I listen to that song mm-hmm. to hype me up? <laughs> That's time it for before, me. Time before we go, I gotta say this, dude. I gotta say this. I got to pub this, man. I'm so excited about Tar Season One. Like, I mean, Episode One. Oh, um, no. I, want three. Say, I want that to have more time real quick before we get to that because that's the last thing I'm going to do before we sign off. Okay. The other thing is, if you guys missed it, we have D'Angelo Williams versus Gary Barnage in the PWW match of the year, right? Uh-huh. Didn't we just release that yesterday? And yeah. it, no. It, yep. It we have released our wrestling match for WrestleMania. What was your... I got Just for reference... This was filmed like seven years ago, and we were waiting on time. And, you know, as you see, D'Angelo's kids can barely walk, and now they're running in, in high school now. So uh, it just took us a long time to get this out to the public. It was, it's like a fine it's a fine wine that got better with time. And actually, hey, look at that. You see that? It's a fine wine got better with time, if you know what Bro. I'm saying. But listen, I gave y'all the opportunity to, like, let it cook. And we got two professional broadcasters on this, which is great. That we did. Yeah. Second of we all, did. Gary, there's no way in hell you weigh 247 pounds. Oh, uh, no way in hell. Not not at all. 247 on the on the card. He was. Hey, that's that's a chiseled weight. He's never been 247 in the league. Nah. You didn't even come in the league at 247. I, I Gary. came in the league at like 238. Bro, <laughs> I've never not seen you under 247. I've I've. You've always been over 247. You haven't seen I've me known. over 250 until my last two years in the league. That tells you how well you know me. Yeah, I'm telling you right now. You've had those love handles since I've met you. That's always, but that's still a 250. Right now, I'm about 260, 265 right now. You're lying right now, Gary. That's exactly what I am right now. You, you know it's bad when we you need, lie about your We need you to go by yourself and send us a picture into the group chat after this. Yeah, we want to see this. Buy a scale, but I'll do it. But yeah, D, go ahead. Even on a scale, (laughs) (laughs) I go. If y'all didn't watch that yet, go check it out. It's on our YouTube channel, Cinnamon Sugar on YouTube. What was your best line from it, uh, Tom? I'd have to rewatch it honestly, but uh, there was that. What was the? I put in the. I put in the group chat. You remember which one? Yeah, you did. Yeah, I know which one it was. I was. You gotta go watch. It's hilarious. I can't remember exactly the line, but I, I remember like hearing that and put it in the group chat afterwards. Um, but then, yes, as D'Angelo was starting to pump for us, the certain uh, story uh, animations that we've been putting out, hopefully you guys have been watching them, we went ahead and jumped to the Amazing Race season. Oh, man, it's awesome. Killed it this this season. Oh, they absolutely crushed it. Nick did a great job on this. You guys well, got to get over to our YouTube and, channel. And as that. you're going to see, we're going to post our reaction videos because we actually have not, we only have seen the first part. We didn't watch yeah. the other ones because we're waiting to do a reaction video. So we will have reaction videos to the first each episode that we'll be posting along with the episode that we post. So it will be interesting to see. And then we're also going to get some of the other uh, TAR members 
to do the reaction yeah. to their parts as well, because I just want to see how they react to the, the animation and it come to life of their story. They came up with and that improv aspect. Cause that's the fun part. Yeah. And you guys got to join us next week and Gary, I don't want to hear what you're going to say time. I don't want to hear what you're going to say and you can go ahead and close it after this, but I'm going to tell you. So we make sure we get to this topic next week. How do you eat your steaks? Do you eat them um, medium rare? Do you eat them well done? Do you eat them with, without sauce, ketchup? I want to know next week. We're going to cover that. I want to know, in your opinion, what's the best way to eat your steak? And I'm going to tell you why you're wrong next week. Go ahead, Tom. Close this up. All right. I like that. Well, uh, make sure you check out Serve the Story, the Amazing Race season on Thursday. We'll be dropping the first episode and then, of course, go check out the guys in their wrestling match. We, I know some of y'all have already seen D'Angelo wrestle before. Don't worry, the table did not make an appearance to take him out again this time. So we couldn't. Have- we couldn't get it booked. We couldn't get the table booked hey, for the appearance. Just, just, just to just to chime in, just real quick, because we we hadn't <laughs> talked about this either. Did y'all think Bad Bunny? How do you think his debut was as a celebrity wrestler? Like, I, I know Pat McAfee, as it relates to me, Pat McAfee, and Bad Bunny. I know you guys saw it this weekend. So, and if you didn't see it, you should go see it. Who do you think had a better match? Me, Bad Bunny, or Pat McAfee, and why? And we can end it there. Well, why don't we just talk about that next week? Or we we'll can answer talk that about question it next, week. next week. We'll answer oh. that. All right. Sounds good. We'll see you next week on another episode of Cinnamon Sugar Podcast. We out! You are now listening to the Cinnamon and Sugar Podcast featuring D'Angelo Williams and Gary Barnage. You push play and they'll push the limit.